It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I'm so good, thank you. How are the markets doing? Well, since we uh, spoke last, they've been a little volatile, to, to say the least, uh, especially uh, yesterday. But, you know, markets tried to start off the week well. Um, it looked promising with U.S. lawmakers reaching a deal over the weekend to avoid a government shutdown, because that was kind of the first issue, I would say, last week, uh, why markets were more volatile. Um, but that kind of boost was short-lived, and the markets really shifted back to interest rates, uh, yields, uh, oil prices, and of course, uh, inflation as well. So there's a lot of economic data this week, and, and it's a bit mixed, right? And what we're seeing is um, job openings in the U.S. Uh, were higher than expected. And remember why that's important, and we're going to be getting unemployment uh, numbers this week as well from Canada and the U.S., is that central banks are watching that closely. Uh, essentially, they want the economy to slow down. They kind of want people almost to lose their jobs uh, so that uh, inflation can kind of come down to their 2% target. So so those are things that we're watching right now. And, um, and then there's always, you know, September... Uh, closed off the month as a, a very weak month. And, you know, it's, it's I hate to say, it, but it's kind of normal. September is actually the weakest month historically. Um, although it's always a surprise to people. Nobody likes the correction. But in fact, the markets kind of have two 10% corrections a year, and that's the norm. Okay, so you're saying that September was a correction? Yes, September was a correction. Um, the S&P was down uh, over 5%, the NASDAQ even more. Um, but seasonality, you know, does impact markets. And, and so you, what we're looking at, um, you know, when there's a correction, there's always a lot of opportunity as well. Um, you want to pick your spot, but, you know, historically markets are strongest between November to March. So we want to position ourselves to take advantage of that. Again, we're active managers. We can change on a dime. We can raise cash, all those sorts of things. But, you know, seeing what we saw here in September, um, you know, nothing really changed in the world too much. I mean, the Fed raised rates. They're supposed to raise rates possibly one more time, although um, uh, the markets are kind of betting against it at this time, whether they're going to raise rates in November or not. And if they actually do pause, um, I think that's a reason for the market to rally, right? And because it's been so uncertain because they keep raising rates. You know, when they finally do pause and we understand that it's a pause, maybe they have two meetings of not raising rates in a row, uh, I, I believe that's going to be positive for markets and we want to be invested at that time. Okay. And what about the Canadian markets? Yeah. Canadian markets uh, have turned negative now on, on the year. And, you know, what we're looking at there is, it, you know, there's wild swings in oil prices. And so sometimes where oil prices go, so does the TSX. But I think just generally sentiment across, you know, both borders was just not positive in September uh, but I do believe that can be um, gained back uh, before the end of the year, in my opinion, unless there's, you know, some uh, news that comes out. But all else being equal, um, you know, corrections happen uh, and you want to look at the opportunity and not run for the hills and panic. Um, because, again, there's a lot of good buys out there now. OK, so does that bode well for October? Do things generally get better October or November, December? Yeah, they do. And and I would say October, too. A lot of people think October is the worst month just because the crash of 87, uh, the financial crisis kind of took place, I guess, um, in, in October. But really, I, I would say like mid-October, people and investors and portfolio managers are kind of, uh, they're buying so that they can position the portfolios for that stronger period, like I said, November to March. And seasonality isn't 
what it's all about, of course. Uh, there's a lot of moving factors and you just want to make sure you have a good financial team behind you that's watching all of this and making decisions on your behalf. Okay. And speaking of making decisions, then, uh, you know, people start to think about doing things like that, like making a will maybe, or planning for how to leave things for other members of the family. Like, do you do a lot of that intergenerational kind of wealth planning? A lot of it. Um, You know, I think it's really important. And, you know, a lot of families don't want to discuss their finances um, with one another, whether it's, you know, you know, generation one talking to generation two and even including generation three. How how do you plan for that transition of wealth? And in most families, when we're talking about this is helping to reduce taxes. Right. Um, especially a lot of a lot of Vancouver families own a lot of real estate, and you know how do you pass that on? Um, you know when is the best time to trigger those capital gains? Should you be buying a joint uh, with your adult children? Things like that, and you really want to set up that you know the generation three to inherit money in the future, and and how do you do that? What's the best way to set up your will? Um, do you need trust for for some of these people, right? Because depending on their age or their ability to manage and inherit money, you right? Are are they heavy spenders? You know, do they have other issues? Um, you know, and I think those are the things that really people need to look at, and um, and really be talking to your financial advisor. Uh, along with a lawyer, possibly an accountant, and making sure you have all your ducks in a row for that transition of wealth. Okay, what about some of the strategies that people should consider, for instance, for like tax planning? Yeah, I mean, there's only really four tax shelters available here in Canada, and that's your principal residence. So (laughs) we often say sometimes you should buy a bigger house um, because that can be given away tax-free your tax-free savings account. Um, again, back in the day, you could only contribute 5000 Now it's 6500 But it really builds up over time. And when we're doing a financial plan, it's shocking over the years that tax-free growth in a TFSA, how large they actually become. So you want to make sure you're maximizing that. Life insurance. And this is, again, where a lot of people don't realize that there is a tax-sheltered sort of investment through the use of insurance. So for a lot of people who... Uh, have a high net worth um, or more cash than they're going to spend in their lifetime, it can make sense using life insurance. Um, and so those are kind of the the four tax shelters, along with lottery winnings, which you and I think talked about, uh, what was it, last week? Yeah. They, I mean, there's not a lot of people who are right. in that category, right? But, uh, but we'd again, all, we'd all the, like to be, but no. <laughs> we would all love to be, you know? So, but, but in reality, principal residence, TFSA, life insurance, those are kind of the easy tax shelters uh, in terms of what we have in Canada to use. And so, um, and then there's estate freezes, right? And people look at that and the use of trust, like I was saying as well. So there's, you know, a lot of things out there that you should be discussing and, you know, just turning a blind eye and not wanting to talk about that intergenerational wealth transfer because it's uncomfortable. I don't think is a good excuse and it can leave a lot of messy problems for your family after. Oh boy. Lori, this makes me realize how many times you must actually be more like a therapist or a family counselor when you're dealing with some of these issues. <laughs> I just said that yesterday, funny enough. <laughs> family counselor, marriage counselor. Yeah. Uh, I, I wear a lot of hats. So, you know, again, portfolio management is first and foremost, that's what we do every day. But really it's all those other questions that people have that they lean on us for and uh, we're happy to answer i mean dealing with 
retirees for over two decades. Um, you know, I, I know what people are going to say before they even ask sometimes. Okay, so. let me ask you then, what is the stickiest question then? Is it about, um, you know, life insurance? Is it about like giving gifts or splitting up the assets? Like what is the toughest thing that they have to tackle? <sighs> I think family dynamic a lot of the time, um, you yeah. know, there could be one adult child that helps them more than the other, uh, who to make executor because they think it's a gift and they want all three kids to be executor. It's not a gift. Oof. Choose one, yeah, choose exactly. the best one, you know, and, and then again, with the spouses of their kids, I think that's also a sticky subject. Sometimes they don't like them <laughs> and how to keep assets in the family. And, and so people feel really open to communicate all of that to me and it's all confidential and, and, you know, you want to be able to open up to your advisor so that they can steer you in the right direction and whether you need a lawyer or a good lawyer or or not. Right. Um, and, and do you I have to tell really them important. Do you have to tell them sometimes like, listen, that's not a good idea. You can't leave one child out or give one child less because that's going to be a messy situation. It would be messy and it's not allowed in BC. That's the other thing. So so even though there's things that they may want to do, they're unable to do. And yes, you don't want people contesting a will and all that kind of stuff. But if there are worries that you have, you want to make sure that you have enough safeguards around your wealth so that it goes to who you want it to go to, uh, not just for the next generation, but for generations to come. All right. Thanks so much for that, Lori. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great day. You too. That is Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity. Now, if you would like to ask her questions directly, you can absolutely do that. You can contact her team at 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.